You are Locked On Irish, your daily podcast on the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're listening to Locked On Irish, your daily Notre Dame athletics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Today's episode, Tom Loy of 247 Sports and Irish Illustrated joins the show to talk about Marcus Freeman, Tyson Ford, and the latest recruiting allegations against Notre Dame. We will also wrap the show with our thoughts on the current situation and the alleged violations that Notre Dame committed. Before we get into that, I am Joe DeLeon, joined by Ryan Roberts. I'm a former college long snapper from the University of Rhode Island, and Ryan is the director of scouting at NFL Draft Bible. Now joining us is Tom Loy of 247 Sports, a college football writer and a Notre Dame insider covering Notre Dame football and recruiting. I really wish <laughs> I really wish we had better timing and we didn't have to worry about a negative headline today and we could just talk about all the positives like Marcus Freeman and, and Tyson Ford. But we have to bring up what popped up today on Thursday, which was recruiting violations that surfaced for Notre Dame. Now, to me, they didn't seem too severe. It just seems like an assistant coach got caught in the act of communicating when he was not supposed to be. To, to calm down some of the Notre Dame fans out there, what do you think is the severity of these violations committed? Yeah, it's not, it's not a big thing at all. Um, unless I'm missing something that's going to be some bombshell that, oh, by the way, we missed this and we're going to throw this out later. Um, you know, the, the bulk of this was really nothing. I mean, yeah, there was a, a recruit up in the Seattle area that, I mean, we've talked about, in, you know, we've mentioned at least at irishillustrated.com. So just because he wasn't mentioned, we'll leave it there. Um, but there was a recruit in the Seattle area, a big time talent that, to be completely honest, Notre Dame had zero shot with anyway. But kudos to this former assistant coach at Notre Dame for doing his due diligence and recruiting him and whatnot. But um, yeah, I mean, this is something that happens. Um, I've been doing this for close to 10 years now, and this happens all of the time. I have heard some stories about multiple coaches meeting with players when they weren't supposed to literally at the same time. And yet it doesn't get brought up. It doesn't get reported. It doesn't get passed along. It's kind of like one of those unwritten rules. Like, I'm not going to tell on you. You don't tell on me. We'll just keep moving on. I think everybody's um, of the mindset. These are kind of silly rules that you can't talk to a kid. Um, so that was that one. Again, not a big deal. They're not going to be able to recruit at that high school. They weren't going to get anybody from that high school um, in the next couple years anyway. So it's really not a big deal. The other one was Brian Kelly took a photo with, I'm sorry, let me rephrase. A photo was taken of Brian Kelly with this recruit um, at his school. And it, again, not a big deal. Um, the fact that it went public was necessarily what caused the problem. But um that was kind of the gist there. I mean, I think, again, how silly is that, right? Like, you can't take a picture with a coach that walks in. I mean, this could be – it wasn't, but let's just say, for example, you know, I'm in, I'm in Fort Wayne. So I happen to walk over to Carroll High School, at, and there's this kid that, like, is on the team. Brian Kelly walks in to recruit somebody else, but a kid walks in and wants to – I know I'm not going to ever play for you, coach, but I'm a big Notre Dame fan. Let's take a picture. I mean, as silly as that is, like, that could get reported. And that's a kid that looks like me and is never going to play. <laughs> but again, that's the kind of stuff we're talking about. I think it's kind of silly. But again, looking at it from from start to finish, I mean, I didn't see anything that 
um, and Notre Dame fans should be concerned about. I think the, the gist of it, I mean, other than like Michigan fans poking fun and calling them cheaters and things like that, <laughs> the, the bulk of this was it's, it's really a non-issue. Um, and I'm assuming the majority of it um, was self-reported. I know it is what it is and you kind of just move forward. So, yeah, that was my initial reaction when Ryan sent this over to me as soon as it was put out. So I played college football at the Division One level, and the first thing I said to Ryan after I read it was, this stuff happens a lot. And I, I just really think it was the situation where Notre Dame had self-reported. I, I think that it was just that case because I, we've always seen, I feel like for a long time now, especially with Brian Kelly, that when anything pops up, they typically self-report. They're not like Tennessee where they're going to hand out bags of money and then when you get caught in the act, you have to completely you know, clear house. So like, I, that's kind of what I was getting at uh, just to kind of summarize that you do not at all think Notre Dame fans should be concerned. Like you don't think there's going to be any repercussions in the long run that could come from this. No, I really don't. And I think that, um, and I do want to say like, I I think that the self-reporting came on with the Brian Kelly um, taking a photo. I think that was more self-reporting. I think the other one was, uh, and again, this is me just guessing or speculating. I think it was a case of um, one person got involved and kind of wanted to make it a bigger deal than it was. And that's what started that up in the Seattle area was I'm going to report a couple of schools. Cause from what I had gathered that it was like uh, Texas A&M and uh, maybe Florida as well, same recruit, same situation um, came into the school, talked to them, whatever. Again, this happens all the time everywhere. I mean, you would know, and it just, it's just part of the gig. And, and, you know, typically this stuff doesn't get reported. Um, but no, there was no McDonald's. There was no <laughs> nothing like that that had to do with Notre Dame. Um, yeah, they don't really they don't really play that game. So, and Tom, I wanted to take us to some good news. Obviously, we were pumped up when Tyson Ford committed to Notre Dame. Obviously, the very talented defensive end pass rusher for the 2022 cycle, uh, obviously. And we wanted to talk just a little bit about what contributed the most to this commitment and how pumped Notre Dame fans should just be in specifically about this type of player. Yeah, this was a really big get. And I will tell you this, this, this was not happening uh, before Marcus Freeman arrived. And I know we talked about him and everybody's been talking about him as of late, but he played a very, very significant role um, in this pickup, in this recruitment. Um, kudos to Mike Elson, the defensive line coach at Notre Dame, for kind of not passing the baton, but like kind of knowing that he could have a really big impact here and and kind of because they didn't really Tyson didn't know who Marcus Freeman really was. There wasn't a lot of dialogue. You know, he wasn't considering Cincinnati. So, again, kudos to Elston for really um, playing middleman and getting everybody all involved, whether it was grandparents, parents, things like that, uh, and just really kind of um, getting those two going. But but yeah, I mean, Marcus Freeman got it done. Um, some great conversations down the stretch. I mean, his. I had great conversations with Tyson and his mother who broke it down for me. And, and I had kind of a backstory at irishillustrated.com just kind of expressed how it kind of played out. And the fact that he was 100% done deal going to Oklahoma informed that staff that that was his decision. And then things changed down the stretch and got a little dicey. So um, I really think that the big picture of Notre Dame and what it represents and what it can do for you down the road, if football doesn't work out, mind you, I do think it's going to work out for this 6'5", 250-pound defensive end. Um, I do think that that played a big factor where he wants his degree from and, and um, you know, choosing between Notre Dame and Oklahoma. But um, And I do feel, and again, I know that there's a lot of people that say Marcus Freeman's going to be here a year and then he's going to be gone. 
I don't necessarily believe that. I don't think that that, I, I think that that may have been the case, um, but I don't necessarily believe that. So I'm not sold that that's going to be uh, what happens. So I do think Tyson among others will get a chance to play for him for a couple of years. And then, um, but, but on field, this guy's a monster. Um, he's an Under Armour All-American for a reason. I'm super excited about his potential and his upside. Um, but again, closing the deal, Elston Freeman, great job because this guy was definitely going to be a Sooner. Before we continue this conversation with Tom, I want to talk to you folks about Bet Online. Are we ready for some football? We have the AFC and NFC Championship games this weekend, meaning it is a perfect time to bet. And if you're going to bet, there is only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust. That is betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use promo code locked on for your 50% welcome bonus. If you think maybe no Patrick Mahomes means a Bills upset, put some money down and make yourself some money this weekend. doesn't have to be a ton. Put 10 bucks on the game and then earn back some money so you can go buy yourself a beer the following week or for the Super Bowl. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action and don't forget to use promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Betting on college basketball doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks and quick hitting advice to make the smartest possible wagers. Subscribe to the new Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts. And you talked a lot here about Marcus Freeman, and you mentioned you know the various impacts that it had specifically with Tyson Ford. I just want to. I'm curious to hear more about like what do you think of the long term that Marcus Freeman, if he does stay, are we should we expect more of this being able to get guys that were that, were that close to committing to a completely different program deciding to come to Notre Dame? Do you think we can expect more four and maybe even some five-star big-name defensive guys just because of Marcus Freeman being here? Look, I mean, I'm not going to say that it's definitely going to happen, but he gives you that chance. Now, I have gone to, to bat for Clark Lee for a very long time. He is one of my favorite coaches of all time. He is one of the nicest guys. He's honest. He's, um, you know, he's humble. I mean, he is, he is truly one of the smartest people I've gotten to know in this profession. And what I think that he lacked a little bit was kind of that dog on the recruiting trail. He was a really good closer, but I thought the day to day, that kind of stuff, um, there's a difference, um, between him and Marcus Freeman. I can, I can tell you that since he's arrived, uh, somebody who's very, very connected here, um, there is a big difference between Marcus Freeman. So again, I wrote a story yesterday on Caden Curry, one of the best players in the state of Indiana, a big time defensive lineman that's probably at this point trending to Ohio State. We need to put a stop sign up on that one because Notre Dame officially is finally in the race. Um, I'm not saying he's going there, but Marcus Freeman opened opened his eyes about what what he could do in his system and also working alongside Mike Elson. I really think that that combo, that duo, um, is going to be really strong when it comes to recruiting. Um, I love the evaluation skills of Marcus Freeman. And the fact of the matter is like when he, when there's a guy that he needs to talk to, um, if there's a guy that he's tipped off about, or if there's somebody to look into, um, he's going to do it. And that's probably the most impressive thing that I've seen out of him is that there's just nobody that's like, um, 
you know, I'm Notre Dame. I'm too big for that. I'm not going to worry about him or the opposite of we're Notre Dame. This kid's from Louisiana or Florida. We're not going to get that kid. That's not a case here. I mean, you just saw him offer a couple kids from IMG Academy. He's very open. He's fearless when it comes to recruiting. He's going to go head to head with Alabama Clemson. I mean, he understands the importance of what that Andy brands brings to the table and what it should mean to all these kids in these schools. So, um, I mean, I know it's talked about a lot dog on the trail and relentless, blah, blah, blah. It can be thrown around crazy. You know, all these things can be said, but Marcus Freeman, I mean, I'm just going to make it very clear. He's the real deal. And Notre Dame fans should be psyched about what happens in the next couple of years. And Tom, I know I'm really excited about the recruiting impact in the future. My question is because it was, I don't want to call it awkward, but it wasn't the greatest timing in the world. Coach Lee takes the job. It's national. It's the signing day week, and then you're kind. Of, I know a lot of of the 2021 recruits were probably like, "Wow, this is you know very unsettling." And and in this situation of having a new defensive coordinator after Coach Lee had been recruiting us for all this time, just for your general perspective, just kind of talking to some of the 2021 guys specifically who maybe had to get sold on Marcus Freeman coming in, just the general. A reaction to coach Freeman. Yeah, there was a lot of guys who were pretty upset. Um, they were, uh, but I do think that, that a lot of guys, and I will say, I, I want to clarify, not upset because Marcus came, but upset that Clark left. But, and I do think that it's kind of, I mean, they're, they're lucky that this was even a possibility to be coached by Clark Lee. I mean, he was one person from becoming the Boston college head coach last year. So everybody knew Clark Lee was going and it was going to happen most likely after this year, especially when you saw that Vanderbilt was going to open up and you thought like, I know that, that the, um, everybody connected to Vandy was talking about like, and you know, younger offensive mind, this and that, like it just made sense for Clark Lee to be the head coach to maybe turn this thing around. And, and I really do believe that. I think he's the guy for the job. Um, but yeah, they were upset, but I think the majority of them understood it was a possibility they were obviously hopeful and maybe even a little naive. Again, we're talking about 17, 18 year old kids. And they thought, you know, he says he's not going anywhere. Well, of course he's not because his paycheck still says university of Notre Dame on it. And he's going to do everything he can to make sure you guys stick with fighting Irish. And again, I mean, the most impressive part is the fact that like all these kids signed early and it was no question. And, and they all got in and, and, and knowing that this was, you know, potentially the, the rumors were out there. They know this may not work out, but um, I think the majority of them got it. They understood that, this is Notre Dame. Like, are they really going to, first of all, I know four and eight seasons happen, but how rare are those, right? Like that's not a normal thing. So you knew whoever was going to come into this team that's been to two playoffs in the last three years. I mean, you knew they were going to make a really good hire. You knew Brian Kelly was going to get a guy that was going to keep this thing rolling. And he did exactly that. And all these guys are fully locked in and they're believers with what, with the direction under Marcus Freeman. So if you're talking about Prince Collie, you know, wavered a little bit. Yeah, there's nobody closer to him than Clark Lee. That was a tough one. But the rest of these guys, I mean, once you talk to Marcus, once you have a conversation, you're, you're, you're fully in. I mean, you're buying into what he brings to the table because he's excited. He's exciting. He's passionate. Um, he, he, he brings the juice, to be quite honest. And I think all the players, both the, the current ones that I've talked to, um, the commits that I've talked to, everybody's extremely excited about the future. And Tom, I know we've been talking a lot about defensive players with obviously with Coach Freeman coming in and talking. You already spoke about, you know, we talked about Tyson Ford. You just mentioned Prince Kali. For the 2021 guys, this could be offensive or defense. It's just kind of my last question. Are there a player that you think might surprise? Because I know like Clarence Lewis was a big surprise this year, how much that he played at cornerback. Is there a guy in the 2021 group that Notre Dame fans should maybe 
be a, be aware of that maybe isn't the biggest name in the class, but you think might might uh, compete for a lot of playing time in his initial season. And you're talking about on the offense side of the ball. Either side's good. I mean, and I'm glad you mentioned Clarence because it was funny. I when I I pushed hard to get him a fourth star last year, um, and not everybody was a believer, but. I mean, I think a guy that plays that early as a true freshman, I think that he could probably get that four-star. I think he was well-deserved of it, and I mean, his potential is through the roof. But looking at the class as a whole, I absolutely love JoJo Johnson. Um, I think he – and he was obviously a late addition to the class. He was a late offer. He would have been – I mean, if he had the offer, he'd have been the first commit in this class. Um, love what he brings to the table at cornerback. He's a really good receiver, which I also like. I really like that Notre Dame's doing that. They're getting guys that are just really good football players, and they're really good receivers. Let's get those guys at defense – um, so he's probably my one guy on defense that I think is going to surprise some people. Um, and again, will he compete and be a guy in year one? Uh, that that remains to be seen. I mean, I kind of look like he could, but I think in a couple of years you're going to see like, damn, this kid's a starter for Notre Dame. and He's really special. He's a playmaker. And then you kind of look along the same, same lines at Joe Alt, the offensive tackle. I mean, this kid, it's not hard to project that if he's coached up and he takes to that coaching well, he's going to be a first-round pick. I mean, it's just kind of how things work out at Notre Dame. When you have a kid that looks like that, moves that well, looks like a tight end, um, you know, moves like a tight end, looks like an offensive lineman, I think that's a really good thing. I think the biggest pickup, uh, especially down the stretch, and a guy, again, I'm, I'm really surprised that not everybody is a believer and thinks he's at least a four-star, is Kari G. Um, Shout-out to Terry Joseph, uh, new addition to the Texas Longhorn staff. Um, what a pickup. I mean, I think if you turn this kid's tape on, um, it's very easy to see the, um, the, the comparisons to Kyle Hamilton. He's not Kyle, um, athletically, man, what a football player, right? Like he's, he just does everything really well. Um, he's the sec kid that Notre Dame needs to be recruiting and bringing in. So love him. I think the offensive lineman you're bringing in and Blake Fisher and Rocco Spindler. I think it's easy to see that those guys are going to be early contributors or at least you know pushing for that early playing time i love what blake's been doing working really hard on his body um losing some of that bad weight i mean he is locked in and focused rocco doing the same thing in terms of just constantly in the gym um i mean he's putting in work they both are so they know that the that that's there for them as long as they keep putting in the work there's a chance that they play a ton as a freshman but again above all else tyler buckner's the guy i think he's a, i think he's special i think he's a five-star He's a, he's an elite talent. I've seen him up close in person a couple times, gotten to know him and his family really well. Um, the first time I talked to him, I said, I said he was going to be a five-star. Um, he, uh, he's the real deal. Um, and I get that a lot of people are like, Oh, JJ McCarthy went to Michigan. He's a five-star, you know, in the end, I mean, Tyler didn't have a senior season. He's going to have to wait, but uh, I think Notre Dame and I love JJ. That's my guy. I think he's going to be really good at Michigan and he's great for them. I think Tyler is exactly the kind of guy that gets Notre Dame over the hump. All right, Tom, thank you so much for all of that. That was all we had for you to talk about today. Uh, where can people find you on social media and also the, the rest of your work that you'd like to plug? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter. I kind of keep Instagram a little more personal. I don't really get, on, get involved with that, but you can follow me on Twitter at TomLoy247, T-O-M-L-O-Y-247. Obviously, stop by irishillustrated.com. We're always running specials for anybody who hasn't signed up. Uh, me and the guys over there, um, we do a pretty good job, I think. So, uh, yeah, check us out over there anytime. And obviously, everybody across the 24-7 Sports Network, uh, it's, a, it's a great place to work. So, yeah. All right, awesome. Thanks, Thank you so much again, Tom. And uh, hopefully we can have you on again soon. Absolutely, guys. Appreciate it again.
folks, if you haven't done so already, make sure you go and hit that subscribe button to stay up to date on all of our Locked On Irish content. Also, folks, go behind the scenes of the game you love and get all sides of the story with the Rejecting the Screen podcast. Each week, the Kozlov and Adam Stanko Get personal while interviewing players, coaches, media members, all the people who make the NBA happen. Subscribe to Rejecting the Screen, part of Locked On Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. So the remainder of today's show, we want to provide our own reaction and our thoughts on these recruiting violations. Tom provided us with a lot of background on here and a really good explanation for what happened. Some of this information was not really a part of the announcement made by the NCAA. We didn't know directly where this recruit was, and also some of the various details that went into it. But the specific wording on the NCAA's website, the university, this is what it says, the university former assistant football coach and NCAA enforcement staff agreed that the former assistant coach had impermissible contact with a prospect when he met privately with the prospect at his high school before July 1st after the completion of his junior year of high school. During that meeting, the former assistant coach expressed the school's interest in recruiting the prospect. The former assistant coach also had exchanged impermissible text messages with another prospect on 10 occasions. So to further this, what goes into this, they're on a year of probation There is a $5,000 fine involved, a six-month show cause order for the former assistant coach, including a one-game suspension at any employing member school, Uh, reduced official visits, so they lose one for the next year, a reduced unofficial visit by uh, 14 days for the 2020-2021 academic year, and there's a couple other pieces in here as well. What I really want to hit on here, Ryan, and I think the key thing is that they just got caught doing something that everybody else does. They were not handing money to a recruit getting him to sign. This was not a a Tennessee bit. They didn't have any McDonald's bags, like I said when we were talking to Tom. This is something that everybody does and constantly tries to find loopholes in order to be able to talk to recruits when they're not supposed to and then also to be able to message recruits when they're not supposed to be, be doing so. This was just getting caught when you weren't supposed to and then admitting it and having the least possible punishment. Joe, I can't tell you how many people reached out to me and was like, oh, Notre Dame's cheating. Like, like, come on, man. Get a Well, lie. we saw in the in the NFL Draft Bible group chat on Twitter that immediately after we got a couple of chirps. You did. For some reason, everybody forgets I'm a Notre Dame fan, too. Well, well, you're the co-host on this on this podcast. so I, I Oh, I am. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we're both co-hosts. So, yeah, we're both co-hosts, technically. Um, so, yeah, I mean, so it, it's just so funny. Every time Notre Dame does anything that is perceived as negative, it's like, oh, it's it's like it's like the same thing we were talking about, man. They're always under the microscope. So everything is just kicked up a notch. And we just saw some actual improper benefits. We're not talking about improper benefits here. These recruits didn't get anything. It's something that every college does. Like you said, I mean, Joe, you played Division One football. You have probably seen it firsthand. There's a lot of things that happen, whether that is – contacting in the dead period, contacting when you're not supposed to, talking to students that you're not supposed to be talking to at the time as as you know to, to get that recruiting edge. People are always trying to find that recruiting edge and they are it's not to a degree here. Is it technically wrong? Yeah, it's technically wrong, but it's not like you were 
again, it's not. This is not improv or benefits where you're handing students out money. You're not. You're not buying their their services. You're just trying to get a slight edge. And I understand you're bending the rules and you're breaking the rules to a degree. I get it. I understand why it's a big deal for some people. But this is something that's very common. And we need to stop like slapping people on the wrist and saying like, wow, this one university does this. No, no, it's not right. one university. It's it's every university does it. Every university. And, and I know people are going to be like, oh, my university doesn't do this. Every university stretches. Your, your university does. Your university does it. Every <laughs> university stretches the rules a little bit to get as much of an advantage as they can. My dad's a big Notre Dame fan, and he was on this big kick for the longest time. He was like, oh, Notre Dame doesn't do anything. Notre Dame doesn't cheat. I'm like, nah, they, you know, they, they push their limits just like every other college. It happens. Get over it. it doesn't, it's not going to have a big impact at the end of the day. So let's just move on. It's not even much of a story, to be honest. Right. And we that's the point of this podcast. I think getting to talk to Tom and our, our points here is kind of squashing this thing and making it clear that they're not going to have some type of a postseason ban like other schools have had in the past. Like you sent that to me. I didn't read it right away. And my first words to you were an expletive. Right. And then after I read it, I was livid. And I'm like, why are people mad about this? This is literally something that people do. So for those that don't that don't know the acts that coaches make that are considered, you know, illegal. So there's, there's certain restrictions on when you're allowed to talk to a recruit based on their class. Mm -hmm. And so what coaches will do and someone who is a recruited athlete is friends with recruited athletes. They will, you're not allowed to text. So what they'll do is they'll, there's no restriction on DMs. You're also not allowed to make phone calls. That's a thank you for indicating that with the with the gesture, Ryan. Mm -hmm. you're, you're there's no restrictions on DMs. They have no way of of tracking that. People will use Skype Messenger. They will use Facebook Messenger. They get very creative in going around the the path that they're supposed to be doing, and that stuff's not trackable. They can't track that stuff. So to me, seeing 10 text messages when he wasn't supposed to be texting a recruit, that just means he was texting and he should have been using a different medium because every other, other recruit in the country does that. And it's not like this is just the power five schools. This is FCS football. This right. is, I don't know about the smaller divisions, but every football team, their coaches makes these acts. Mm -hmm. And the other thing too that people don't want to admit there are a lot of programs that do what Tennessee did but have not gotten caught. Absolutely. There are a lot of them. There are guys that I know that have been recruited by very big programs, and they have told me that some guys have made large sums of money, and I don't want to go into the details because I don't want to incriminate anyone, but they have made large sums of money off of their recruitments. So, again, I'm not worried about this. Folks, just the, the best way to put this, don't be worried. This is just something that everybody does. They have to have rules in place so they can slap somebody on the wrist every couple of years to make it look like the NCAA has a role and they do things. It's literally all, the whole point of the, these rules. Yeah. I, I mean, and people and people in anything are going to try to find loopholes, right? Like, that's just what the, somebody was trying to do here. And I, I think that's a great way to end this, too, Joe, this conversation. It's for Notre Dame supporters and fans that are listening and are like, what is the impact? Nothing. Nothing. You're going to be fine. We lost, what was it, one official visit. There was a small fine. The The coach that left is going to be monitored for a little while. Like the long-term impact and even short-term impact really on, against Notre Dame in recruiting, it's nothing. It's nothing. Don't be worried about anything. There's no huge impact here. No. 
No, that's the best way to put it. And honestly, just moving past this, there's no reason to be alarmed unless, like Tom said, something crazy is unearthed by this. But I really don't see that foresee that happening whatsoever. So it's past us. We don't need to worry about it. It was just a negative headline that was surrounding Notre Dame football. Coming up next week, we will provide a breakdown of the Miami basketball game this weekend. Please follow us on social media at Joe DeLeon, at Rise and Draft, and at Locked on Irish. If you like listening to the show, please subscribe and leave us a five-star review. And then lastly, if you're looking for something else to tune into, head on over to Locked on Bets. Have a wonderful weekend, folks, and we will talk to you on Monday.